Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Qantas Wallabies, one team, 2011, live across Australia. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Grubber Kick Squires. Yes, indeed. Hello and welcome to uh, this special James Magnuson edition of The Ruck. <laughs> the new Australian sporting hero, 100 metre freestyle. Obviously, he's very, very interested in rugby. Uh, that's what he's thinking. Apparently, when James Magnuson is swimming that backhand where he, when he really powers in, he's thinking of the Wallabies. Did you know that? I didn't know that. The second 50. Mm-hmm. The second 50. Is that right? No, it's not right, but I just thought I'd say that because this is a program about rugby. <laughs> Timmy Horan, good morning to you. Morning, boys. Yeah, good to be on the show again. Uh, no Wallaby uh, games, obviously, this weekend. They had the, uh, the weekend off, but... Um, weekend off for you? Yeah, weekend off. First week on, weekend off for me for the year uh, from Fox Sports Rugby, but um, had a good chance to watch my young fella play uh, yesterday and uh, a lot of club rugby on as well. Okay, where'd your young fella play? School, We've was it? Actually played uh, schoolboy rugby, so mm. up at my old school, up on the range, up at Toowoomba. Oh, beautiful uh, Darling Downs. Darling Downs area, so he played up there against my old school, Downlands College, which was a nice afternoon, beautiful winter's afternoon. But what about you, Berkey? Uh, uh, wait, wait, back up, Sparky. Did, <laughs> how, yeah, how, I, knew, I knew it was coming. <laughs> how did he go? No, it went okay. They went okay. They, uh, they got up uh, against the country boys from mm-hmm. uh, the Darling Downs. So, uh, no, nice afternoon up there to, um, to see some old folk and some old teachers from many years ago. Does Dad put the pressure oh, on? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. did, did you have a few words beforehand? That was funny because, you know, you got to stand on one side of the field. Yeah. So I actually stood at the end of the field. So I was, I was neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, I'm glad you had a little bit of uh, spare time. That game, New Zealand, of course, did get out of the top of South Africa uh, 40 to 7. Just quickly, some other results. Sunshine Coast 34 beats South 22 in Queensland uh, Club Rugby. I thought that was a very important. Uh, you, got, you got any stats there for... For me, uh, well, mate. South, Timmy, that was you, wasn't it, mate? Well, the old club, yeah, they went down. GPS actually got up 37-36 against Sunnybank. Old Benny Lucas is back for Sunnybank, so that was a close one. Gold Coast, 40 beat West, 34. And Brothers versus Uni, the big game, because Matt Giddo was playing for uh, University of Queensland, sort of invitation only, and uh, James Hansen scored two tries for University. But Brothers got up 24-22, and then uh, North 31 against East. So uh, a couple of ball overs here in Club Rugby. What about down south, Berkey? Yeah, well, we're going to talk to Berwick Barnes, Berk, later today. Mm. Well, Berwick, uh, he copped a fair shot. Um, they played Norths yesterday, and, uh, and they won that quite easily. Sydney University, uh, Warriors scored a couple of tries as well, 57-20. Uh, Manly were victorious over at West Harbour, 34-10. Ramick, 52-38. Penrith, nice scoring, high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Southos, 43, beat Gordon, 35. Uh, East beat Warringah, 32-18. And the Woods just got over Parramatta, 78-10. All right, uh, just got over. That was a very close game, wasn't it? It was in doubt to the last, like, minute. I think Wentz uh, Tarf is going to grow his hair a bit longer as in uh, for a while still. Speaking of hair, George Smith, uh, the biography. We're going to speak to George Smith along with Beric Barnes in the program today. Uh, just a quick question without notice for you two. When you see a book written by uh, a, a player, or a wallaby or a rugby player, do you first go to the end and look, look at, uh, up at the names and see whether you've been referred to at all? Do you do Straight that? to the photos. You? You know, well, who's in the photos? Really? Do you, do you look up your name, do you, Berkey? Oh, no. I, I like the uh, I like the more the uh, written by um. right because I'm just going okay I'm just better go quickly here uh, I'll just see because if you're home Matt Burke 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 no skip uh, to that. Yeah, pages 74 78 and 317 like excellent it. Timmy you're in there as well we'll get to that and so much more on your Sunday rugby show the Ruck you want rugby listen to the Ruck want to witness history. 
Use your MasterCard at Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Uh, and as we have the past couple of weeks, I want to give you something. It's the hammer. Mm. It's the hard hammer. Nothing hits harder, Berkey, as you know. Uh, if you want to win a brand new hard hammer, the best hammer in the market. Um, and I've used a lot of hammers, being a handy person. And this one is the best. All right, what you've got to do is simply uh, answer this question and SMS that answer and your name to one triple nine one zero four nine. The question, who was the captain of the All Blacks in the 1995 Rugby World Cup final? I reckon I know that. What? Was it Zinzan? Zinzan Brook? Am I allowed to answer? <laughs> You're not allowed to answer. But well, even if you do, you have to SMS your name and the answer. <laughs> so don't you listen, Timmy. That's what I said. SMS one triple nine one zero four nine. if you know the answer. The captain of the All Blacks in the 1995 Rugby World Cup final. All right, I'll give you that uh, answer. And the winner at the end of the program, the winner last night, of course, with New Zealand 40 over South Africa 7. As we all know, South Africa have sent not their A team uh, to both Australia and to New Zealand. And, Tim, during the week, this caused you to question in print the value of the Tri-Nations. Well, the value of Tri-Nations in a World Cup year, it's sort of uh, it's a bit like a holding pattern. They're all, all the other uh, teams. And Australia probably can't afford to do it as much because our depth probably was exposed a little bit against Western Samara a few weeks ago. But you, you're seeing the New Zealand All Blacks and also the Springboks. They, they tend to, to hold players back a little bit, just getting ready for this starting gun for the World Cup. So um, New Zealand, they were, they were brilliant yesterday, 40-7. to 7, And um, Zach Guilford, a couple of tries. Corey Jane as well, two tries. So Returning, they, yep. They were pretty sharp. So uh, Corey Jane, when he scored his first... First try, he was hitting his uh, his left shoulder and saying, you know, that the silver fern means a lot to him. So uh, they're going to be very, very hard to beat the All Blacks for um, the Wallabies coming up on Saturday night in Eden Park. And the other try, of course, to man with one of the great names in rugby, Wyatt Crockett. Wyatt. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sounds like, like a breakfast a cereal. Breakfast <laughs> yeah. cereal, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. What did you make of that? There's all the uh, hoo-ha about the new look uh, All Black jersey. And look, it's so traditional, uh, you know, and so much surrounding that jersey. They came out wearing the uh, the jackets over the top of them, and then they revealed the, the jersey, and surprise, surprise, it was all black. Uh, but there was the addition, but. Matt, of... Yeah, it's the white collar, isn't it? Mm. And and it's a, I suppose it's like a little retro-y type collar. It's not, it's not the big old school collar that you can. No, you yeah, couldn't could put really... a tie. You couldn't use a tie there. No, no, you couldn't pop it, and it's up around your ears. No. Anyhow, no, no, it's it's sort of the, the low sort of sewn-in number. It's yeah. different, anyhow, isn't it? I, I I thought, oh, hang on, they look a bit sort of. I don't know. Are they are they trying? They're trying to sell more jerseys. I don't know. You know like, but the, the but ironic... they still had the Superman kind of look of that. They're, they're basically painted on those jerseys. They, you know, a man like me of ample carriage wouldn't look terribly good in that jersey. Well, you, all you, do need, you. you do need two guys to actually get them off. So you, they have a. You know how these days you have a coach, of assistant coach, and you know physio. They yeah. actually have employ someone now who mm. just helps the players take the jerseys off. Really? <laughs> if I if I wear that black. Jersey, as so I would look like a couple of inner tubes having a fight. <laughs> Do you remember? We might have spoken about it a couple of years ago, uh, about a couple of years ago for about the England team when they brought out their new jersey, yeah. and uh, you know they had all the response from the from the fans saying, "Yeah, we're going to buy this new uh, jersey from I think it was Nike, I think it was." And they, they ran out with the field same deal, and they, and they revealed, and it was just this figure-hugging thing. And I reckon <laughs> the emails that flooded the union the next day saying, uh, look, I don't think we can fit into that jersey here. <laughs> We're a little bit rounder than those guys. Yeah. Well, the jerseys uh, looked okay. Certainly the team looked okay. What did you notice from that game then looking forward? Because the big game is next week. Well, it? big game next week, absolutely. I, I, mate, I was just going to throw out there, and also the, the secret training camp in, yeah. in, in Rustenburg that they're talking about. De Villiers has said, hey, no, this is, uh, this is all a bit of a, a curveball. 
where the 21 players are supposed to be on um, some secret mission with Rassi Erasmus, the new head. I've head. been to Rustenburg. Honestly, you There's wouldn't want to stay there. No. <laughs> well, if, you, if you gave the players a choice between Rustenburg and Wellington, where would you go? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's legit that they're not actually training hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Want to witness history? Use your MasterCard at Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. One man who's trying desperately to get back into the uh, the, the picture is Ben Robinson. I just wanted to... The story, to me, is a little bit... Um, I don't know if it's sad or incredibly inspirational. Although many of you will know Ben Robinson had a terrible injury in practice, in training, ACL. Now, this is a, a very bad injury. It's one, you know, it's a season, it's six months, really, to recover. He has, rather than, so he's initially out of contention for World Cup. And I remember seeing the images of him uh, in the news, tears, desperately unha- uh, unhappy for this boy. And it was uh, quite justified. Suddenly, he has decided not to have the operation, which would have clearly taken him out of uh, World Cup contention. He's now, I I see this week, back on the Gold Coast training with the Wallabies, deciding that he can perhaps go through without the operation, that there's kind of the the knee is solid enough, and go through and and play. Now, to me, this is like somebody who, you know, when you're in a relationship and and the other person busts up with you and you go through the heartbreak and and the tears, then you you sort of come get back together again. You know, yourself, you get your heart back together. You're clean, you're hanging on. Yeah, then the person comes back for a night and, and you go, oh, wow, I'm back. Everything's good. But it's not going to be good. He's going to have his heart broken again, isn't he? Because this surely cannot end well, Matt. Survey says, ba-bam. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone. Oh, look, I, 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 I struggle. That was what finished my career. I did my ACL. And, uh, and for those out there, you can run in a straight line, yep. um, you, you need. But when you do your twisting and turning, that's when it all sort of holds together and the rest of it. And, and Benny up front um, mm-hmm. must be you know, under an enormous amount of force and pressure, meaning in the scrum. Yeah, what did he say? There were some people who can get away with Who can get away without having the, the anterior cruciate. So, they, they wouldn't be prop forwards, would well, they? I, I don't think so. Do no. you remember, I'm thinking back, to, who was the skier that did a knee before the Olympics? He was the aerial skier, and she wore the massive brace. It wasn't Kirsty Marshall, it was the other girl. Oh, I can't remember her name. Anyhow, oh, we'll get okay. back to it. But she had the brace. Not I'm Alyssa thinking, Camplin. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but we'll, we'll somebody will know. We'll get there. Um, but she had three, the big, five, three, if you do know. She had the big brace I'll give you a hammer. on the knee. <laughs> she had the big brace on the knee that was going to hold it basically all together. Yeah. So Benny, you know, unless it was like a little weapon that you're going for, uh, you know, rucks and walls. Yeah, I think, but I think Benny's he's probably got about less than 1% chance, I'd say, to, mm. uh, to make the World Cup squad. But I suppose they're giving him the opportunity to and he's probably got another two weeks and then he'll know where he's at but very very unlikely because a cruciate ligament um, and he heard it pop and it has definitely gone sometimes they do reattach but they don't reattach for about another three or four months with scar tissue so a very slim chance and I'm sure Robbie Deans is just giving him the opportunity and opportunities, of course, in t- talking about Robbie Deans, uh, he gets a chance during club rugby for a change now to have a look at some of those, uh, the Wallabies who, you know, in the, in the squad, are the super rugby players who now go back to run around in the, in the park footy, which is a good thing, Timmy. Oh, it's great. It's great to, to see, you know, guys like Radiki Samo and Matt Kiddo and uh, all, all the guys that James Hansen have been sent back to club rugby to, um, to get some games under the belt. So most of the players, you know, guys like Genia and Cooper haven't been sent back to club rugby. But Robbie Deans did that when he first came in. Yeah, he's done that with the All Blacks many years ago that he sends them back to club rugby to, to give club rugby that, um, that boost that they need, but also for the players to actually understand, you know, the history of the game and where they've come from. So, I mean, in our years, Berkey, we'd, we'd play a Saturday afternoon test match. Mm. 
mm. and then you'd be on the plane uh, on the first thing on the Sunday morning back to your local club to uh, the coach will say, listen, just sit on the bench and just, uh, we probably won't need you. All of a sudden, <laughs> five minutes later, you're on the field. But um, what, what, about, what, about the blokes, what about the blokes who, uh, you know, go through all year without playing against, uh, you know, the, the, the international blokes? Yes. And all of a sudden they turn up and as they're doing their boots and running out to warm up, they look up and you see, I remember a couple of years ago, it was George Smith, Cliffy Palu back down at, um, at, uh, at Manly. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think they may have even played in the centres. We'll ask George in a minute. I think yeah. they played in the centres and they won. But you're just thinking, look, <laughs> I just want a nice weekend this weekend. I don't want to have to face these blokes. But club rugby is all, all about where you came from. And I, I remember playing a game against uh, Sunnybank at South uh, after a test match and sitting on the bench and Jason Little and I were sitting there after playing a test match and, we, we went on in the first five or ten minutes each and we were laughing and having a good game and it wasn't too bad. We ended up winning the game and it was just a normal club game and, and at South Rugby Club here in Brisbane, the, the, the dressing sheds down under, underneath the, uh, the grandstand were there sitting there. I couldn't believe there was about 150 people that came in the dressing shed after the game. I thought, this isn't, you know, it was just a normal club game. Yes, we'd, we'd won, but, um, and you always hang around and have a few drinks, but you hadn't been there for, you know, a few yeah. weeks and... So I sort of I'm um, sitting there, and about uh, 45 minutes sort of after the game, so a few guys said, "Aren't you going to have a shower? Aren't you going to have a shower?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I unzip my kit bag, put my hand in to get my towel out, and there's a two and a half meter python that had been placed <laughs> in my kit bag. So Jason Little had found this two and a half meter python on his front yard. Picked it up, put it in his car, and everyone had, everyone was in on the joke except for me. And I realised why there were so many people in the dressing shed waiting for me to actually put my hand in my kit bag. <laughs> and I touched this, I touched this python, and um, yeah, I didn't didn't jump more than three metres. Is it, no, is this a python with teeth? Uh, it, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Just call me naive because I think that's kind of a stunt that could go horribly wrong. <laughs> Headline: Tim Horan ruled out of uh, <laughs> yeah, next week's right. test match against All Blacks because I of couldn't, Jason I couldn't understand why there were so many people in the dressing shed after a normal club game. <laughs> <laughs> You want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Want to witness history? Use your MasterCard at Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Now, look, I put out a couple of questions. The first one was the, uh, you have to SMS, one triple nine one zero four nine. your name and the answer to this question. Who was the captain of the All Blacks in the 1995 Rugby World Cup final? Just about 26 minutes to go uh, before we give up the heart hammer, the best hammer in the market. And uh, Mr. Caller rang with the answer to your question, uh, Matt Burke, which was the which was the skier mm. who came who, crashing who was to it? earth. It was Jackie Cooper. Ah, yes. Jackie Cooper, who did that horrible injury. Uh, and Because we're talking about Ben Robinson and his knee and his desire to play in the World Cup, and he's, of course, on the Gold Coast uh, having a bit of a training run. All right, uh, speaking of those injuries, I often go down to, you know, if I'm Randwick, I'll wander down and have a look, and you go and you see the old blokes who obviously used to play rugby, and they're fairly obvious, the ones who used to play rugby, because they're, well, the forwards anyway, they kind of short bow-legged gents uh, with very, very massive <laughs> knees uh, who are kind of, oh, oh, you can hear them walking, to, creaking as they walk towards you. Often the ears are beautifully cauliflowered. It, you two gents have played at the elite level for a long time. How are you placed in terms of your post-game injuries? Is there anything affecting your life, Timmy? Well, uh, when I walked off the field, and I played a couple of years in the UK to finish my career with a family over there. When mm. I walked off, I walked off the field and threw my boots to the crowd. We played a, a grand final over there and <laughs> lost an extra time. And I could not have played another 30 seconds. <laughs> my body my body had enough. I think, I think when you get to a stage when you know where the finish line is, you poke the chest out and you, you get across that finish line and you go, that's it, there's no more. But it's amazing how many guys can play around. We actually uh, interviewed a guy on the, uh, the Fox Sports Rugby Club on Thursday night, uh, Damo, who uh, from Perth, who played his 500th 
club game. No. Um, and it's amazing that um, and he actually played on the wing too. So um, <laughs> it's amazing these guys. I mean, the, the, the club rugby is just such a uh, – and you go all through the country, Berkey. You and I have taken the World Cup or Bledisloe Cup out through the different country areas and, and that's the heart and soul of rugby uh, in those communities where, where, where you know, people drive you know, thousands of miles just to come to training or a game. Well, that, uh, as you say that to me out there, a few of the guys, the old guys, used to play the, the Silver Foxes. They go around and play uh, against country teams. And you just realise how old you are, how, how sore you are. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got busted knees, busted shoulders. So my right knee is terrible uh, mm-hmm. from all the kicking I did right. to the point where I, uh, I played golf. Or last time I played golf, like I, I got to, you know, you got to pick up the ball out of the hole. I need, yeah. I need one of those little sucker things on the end like the old ones. <laughs> I went to pick up the ball and stumbled. I fell onto the green. <laughs> And then I got pulled up, and then my right shoulder's dodgy from uh, scoring at that try in, in the Bledisloe 1998. Well, that's glorious anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. I suppose it was a... A, a try-scoring injury is a wonderful thing. A nice way to do it. And the, and the copper pulled me over, and, and he said, uh, he said, sir, have you had a, a drink tonight? I said, no. And uh, he said, uh, license, please. And you know when they don't stand directly opposite you. They stand just like half a step that's back. safety, yes. Yeah, so safety yeah, issue, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And my arm doesn't, doesn't move. Like, I can't move my arm sort of... Well, it's going to look, it's called external rotation. I can't move my arm out, so I, I, I'm locked at ninety degrees. Like I can't go anywhere, wow. and so he's he's sort of going like those <clears> little <throat> dolls in cars. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> my arms don't go anywhere. It's like Test match cricket, just the, <laughs> just just the straight bat, and and so this bloke's going right, mate. When you when you're ready, I said, mate, I, I'm nearly leaning out of the car. I said, I can't get back that far, mate. I was only had to go and put it in reverse and just say, hey, yeah, sir, thanks very much. He could have drawn his weapon by that stage, <laughs> thinking, what's going on. That's amazing. So you're not bitter and twisted, obviously. No, 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 not at all. Which is good. All right, what about the hoodoo? This is, as we mentioned earlier, Nick Farr Jones, a legendary Australian captain and halfback wallaby, who says that Australia has to get over the Eden Park hoodoo, mm. which, if it does indeed exist, 11 straight defeats for the wallabies at Eden Park. Now, that's where they play, the, uh, the All Blacks, this week, coming weekend. What do you think, men? You, have you been involved? Is there such a thing as a genuine hoodoo? I mean, in rugby league, the Dragons, who are you know flying mm. high, got got beaten yet again. They haven't beaten Canberra in Canberra, the Raiders in Canberra, for eleven years. Uh, I think the hoodoo does exist. Does it exist, Timmy? Uh, it does for a certain uh, extent, but uh, I think in Eden Park, it's it's a, a quite an open ground. It's always quite difficult to play because of the conditions. And New Zealand teams are used to playing in those conditions. So, yeah, there is a bit of a hoodoo there. But there's been certain hoodoos broken this year, uh, mainly by the Queensland Reds, you know, over in South Africa, or beating, yeah. beating the Crusaders. And so I think that probably the, this young generation of players, Berkey, uh, this wide generation, they've got no fear. So I don't mm. think they would worry about a hoodoo. They don't really care, like your Coopers and your Guineas and your Horwells and uh, and the players that are there. <laughs> and, you know, Curly Beal, they don't, they don't care about these hoodoos anymore. Do they don't care about it? They don't know yeah, what a hoodoo is. Well, that's probably true. But isn't that the point of your hoodoo? Your hoodoo is no respecter of somebody who respects it. I mean, the high idea is the hoodoo is an exist, it exists you know, beyond people thinking, oh, I think it's there. Mm. It, that just is there, mm. Berkey. That's what the problem but is. But it's amazing how... Uh, it gets uh, it gets written up, it gets yeah. spoken about, you know, year in year out that uh, that you don't win. So again, we all, we're already talking about yeah. you know the the the, the hoodoo at, at Eden Park, our hoodoo uh, mm-hmm. for Waratahs. I don't think I, I don't think I won uh, against Queensland in Super Rugby. So every every time maybe I went they were to just Queensland, better than you. Well, that that that's probably a point as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, it, it usually works out if there's 15 better players on that team, they'll probably beat the 15. 15- <laughs> players on that team who aren't so good. So that sometimes helps. And, and in the case of New Zealand, for Australia, it's been that way for a, for a period of time anyhow. Is it a, a, a difficult place? You said it's open, but Eden Park, is it a difficult ground to play at? 
Uh, it is. Um, there's a new stadium there now, so we'll see that on Saturday night. I was over there about sort of five or six weeks ago. It's a magnificent stadium built for the World Cup. Uh, it seats, I think it seats about 55, nearly 60,000, and for the World Cup there's another 10,000 be on top of that. So um, they're right on top of you. They're so passionate. Um, but, yeah, I think... As you say, Berkey, I don't think this team, the Wallaby team now, I don't think they sort of too, too much mm. care about these hoodoos anymore. They just go out and play. So um, it'll be a difficult occasion for them because this will be the real test. Yep. And everyone was quite pleased with how the Wallabies performed against South Africa last week. But this will be the real test of where the Wallabies currently are at. They certainly are. I mean, given the, the forward pack for the All Blacks went well against the Springboks, in that forward area, isn't that there? If there are questions about this Wallabies team, it's not about the back line. Mm. They're, they're absolute card-carrying genius. Genii, if that's the... Genii. But certainly the forward, holding uh, in the forwards is where it's going to be, isn't it? Uh, Tony, you're asking two backs here and um, <laughs> who don't really care about the forwards. Just give me the ball. That's, uh, that'll do it. So as long as they can get, uh, I'll throw out a few cliches, uh, ball off the top and uh, maybe six ball and channel one ball. That's about all I learnt um, from the forwards. If, if, if they can get their own, if they can, if they can well, you talk about having parity in, in a forward pack, but if they can... If they can manipulate their forward pack to be, uh, I suppose, you know, screw the scrum, all that kind of junk, blah blah blah, yeah. uh, they might be a might be a go. But we've seen so many times that even if it doesn't go the right way to, or to plan, the blokes in, from nine to fifteen are just you know magic waving the magic wand. It's quite incredible. You want rugby? Listen to the rock. Want to witness history? Use your Mastercard at Rugby World Cup 2011. This is the rock. The Sunday Rugby Show. It's very exciting when we talk about World Cup. When we talk about rugby, really, just for me to be in a place on a program where uh, now, as we're joined by the great George Smith, between the four of us, that's Tim Horan, uh, Matt Burke and George Smith, we, there's been 271 uh, Wallaby wow. taps. Wow. I've got none of those, obviously, <laughs> uh, quite sadly. Uh, Timmy, I think about 80, uh, 81 for the great Matt Burke, about the man we're about to talk to uh, 110, would that be right? He's, of course, the great George Smith. George, welcome, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I, I saw you uh, pictures of you during the week um, on, on various news, talking about, and, and you look so sprightly and so beautifully clean-cut, the hair's gone, because in this book there's some terrific photographs of blokes just dragging you back by the then dreadlocks. It must be such a relief that people can't uh, get a hold of you like that anymore. <laughs> it is a relief. You know, I used to have... Uh... A lot of nightmares from South Africans actually pulling my hair and then ripping it from my scalp. But uh, it's nice to have the short hair. I look, I look more like Berkey without the white hair. <laughs> Tinger grey. Hey, uh, Smitty, Timmy, uh, what, what did you actually do with your hair, mate? Did you, 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 you got it cut for charity? Did you, did you, did you hand little strands away to kids in the street, or what did you do with it? Yeah, a few years back, we we did uh, auction the the dreadlocks off uh, for charity for Canteen, and um, it, it did sell well. But uh, you know. I'm, I'm sure South African people are giving it out as, as little door prizes and so on. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, it, it was a nice way to, to sort of uh, liberate myself and, and, and get away from that. So the, the trademark I had for, for several years and uh, and go back to the short hair. George, you're in uh, transition mode, I suppose you could say, at, at, at right now. You're in Australia. You've, uh, you've done your book. You're on the campaign doing that. But you're in between France and going to Japan. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I am on, I guess, on, on transition. I've just enjoyed a, a nice year in France and, and enjoyed the experience over there and, and the culture and, and picked up a, a few words over there. And now I'm, I'm heading off to to Japan next week. So a uh, new adventure, new culture and, and new uh, people to meet. 
And George, in the in the south of France, you were playing down in Toulon um, with Johnny Wilkinson. What was that like? I know Berkey has played a little bit with Johnny Wilkinson. He's a, obviously an ultimate professional player. And uh, and what other players were international players were playing in Toulon in the year you were there? Yeah, look, I, I've had the the luxury of playing with these people. You know, it's um, you know, Johnny Wilkinson is one of one of me. You know, Felipe Contemponi, who's a Argentinian captain, and uh, Joe Vanico, who used to be the captain of. of of the Saskin team, um, you know, playing alongside these guys and and uh, and seeing how they train day to day and and seeing and pick up things that that they do uh, throughout the week it has been invaluable for me. And um, you know, to play alongside these guys has been uh, it's been unbelievable for me. You know, I I thought leaving Australia, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, learning too much from from uh, from going to the top uh, 14, but actually going there, I, I think I've improved as a player. Can Can you? I mean, you used to own the show, Georgia, when you played with uh, with Tim and I and also Brumby's uh, stealing ball left, front and centre. Did you ever think in those games when you're playing too long, you say, look, I might just go a little bit easy today, let those other blokes do some work for me? Like, you know, the guys that you just mentioned? Well, I, I wouldn't say I own the show. I think, I think you guys were, were very much a standard. But, yeah, look, uh, look uh, in, in that competition, I don't think you can can relax in, in, in any way when you are playing there because it's so physical, the... Although it's not, it's very different to Super Rugby in terms of um, the, the amount of uh, boring play and, and so on. But uh, the physicality is, is unbelievable. So when, when you are on and, and you are playing the game, it's uh, it's very, um, very, very much on uh, when you are playing. And and when you have these pe- people around you, you don't want to you know, your, your standard of play. You don't want to bring that down at all when you are playing alongside these guys. George, the book, uh, and what I love about the book is that it does get an insight into uh, you personally and your personal life, which, which is terrific. Uh, you know, one of nine kids, and of course you've got three kids, one called Wyatt, not sure if you're named after Wyatt Crockett from New Zealand, but you know, we can get into that. Uh, <laughs> but do you, do you, are you a kind of person, how do you cope being by yourself? I mean, you've always been surrounded by a lot of people, family and so on, haven't you? Yeah, look, when I did write this, well, in uh, conjunction with Rupert, yeah. uh, Rupert Guinness, I want to be as honest as possible. I, I, I didn't want to be a book where you just uh, fluff over, over, you know, I guess my whole career, but I, I just want to make it as honest as possible and and to, I guess, show people my journey through life from teenage year all the way through to, to my, I guess, my professional career and so on. And uh, and within this book, I guess it's uh, a true indication of what I did. Not only uh, what you did on the field, but as you say, off the field. Uh, the whole idea of the importance of, of Tonga for you and going back there as a kid when you'd had troubles at school. I think you were on the way to being kicked out of school, really, weren't you, when you decided to put your head up, oh, I'll go back to Tonga for a year. Uh, those kinds of experiences have obviously in- informed you. Yeah, they did. They, they, they formed me. I think it was a, a nice turning point. Well, not nice, but it was a turning point in my teenage uh, teenage life that I got asked to leave from Bag Out of Boys High School and then got the the opportunity from my mother to go to Tongan and uh, experience a, a different life. Uh, my mother's Tongan and went to, uh, to Ball College in, in Delore and, and I went there uh, to a boarding school and um, it, it was it was a different experience, very humbling experience and uh, you know I got to experience uh, sort of that, that, that I guess life and uh, you know it's very um, humbling. And George, what about your view on the Wallabies, where they currently sit at the moment, um, going into this World Cup in about sort of, I think it's nearly 40 days. Um, going into this World Cup, they've got obviously four or five brilliant players. Can have we got enough depth there to, to take us through the Tri Nations in the World Cup? Oh, look, I, I think it's important that we do have some momentum leading into a, a World Cup. Although uh, 
you know, we we do. I'm not too sure if we do have some depth in in, in the squad, but uh, you know, a Tri Nations probably pre- preparation to actually lead into to World Cup. You know, the way they uh, they played against South Africans was was fantastic. You know, you're probably speaking about the the guys like uh, James O'Connor, um, Quade Cooper, and, and Curly Bill. You know, they, those guys. I think have have got an instant connection there, and they they know how and when to turn up in in terms of uh, situations in in the field. So, uh, and and also to see um, some some good play in terms of uh, Ben Alexander scoring that first try. It's, it's good to see the support play there. It's good to see that support play from George Smith. It's, it was, it's great to read this book and just remember some of those fantastic moments that you shared with the nation. Uh, it's called George Smith, The Biography by Rupert Guinness. George, thanks so much for joining us on The Ruck. Really appreciate it, mate, and all the best. No, no problem. Thanks, guys. Good on you, George. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Want to witness history? Use your MasterCard at Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. As we have the past few weeks, is just sharing some of the glory of World Cup uh, heading into World Cup 2011. Very, very important that we just remember some of the great moments on the playing fields. Uh, and none better than this one with a team known as Uruguay. The rugby heritage of England and Uruguay is eerily similar. England lost their first ever rugby international, an agonising 1-0 loss to Scotland. It was March 27, 1871. While Uruguay lost their first ever rugby test, a 21-3 loss to Chile on the 5th of August, 1948. Up until 2003, both Uruguay and England had never won a Rugby World Cup. These stark similarities meant that their Rugby World Cup meeting on Sunday, November 2, 2003 at Suncorp Stadium matched up as one of the games of the tournament. Boasting an all-star starting 15, including players such as Diego Aguirre, Rodrigo Ortega and Diego Lamilas. Uruguay were tipped by many to give an English side without Johnny Wilkinson a real scare. And sure enough, Uruguay only trailed 7-3 after the first 10 minutes. However, the next 30 minutes didn't quite follow the fairy tale script that the 46,000-strong crowd had hoped for, with England hitting the halftime break 42-6 leaders. Urged to find their scintillating form that resulted in a 24-12 victory over the might of Georgia just a few days earlier, the Uruguayan team, nicknamed by their supporters as Los Terros, nearly blew the English side off the park in the second half with their 120-kilogram prop, Pablo Lemoyne, crossing for a famous try only five minutes into the second stanza. Clutching at this momentum, the Uruguayans largely dominated the rest of the match, conceding a mere 69 points. And upon the sounding of the final hooter, the scoreboard read England 111, Uruguay 13. This close loss has proven to be Los Terros' most recent Rugby World Cup appearance, with the Uruguayans missing out on the 2007 tournament. And off the back of this classy display of rugby prowess, it's almost impossible to see how they've missed out on qualification at Rugby World Cup 2011. <laughs> Sadly, there will be no rematch. Rugby World Cup 2011. They should indeed. All right, uh, right now we are going to wrap it up. You've got a couple of scores, I think, for me, Timmy? 
Yeah, just uh, we just probably one score to uh, congratulate the uh, in GPS uh, rugby competition in Brisbane. So the uh, the old school of Rocky Elsom and also James O'Connor, Nudgee College. Um, uh, they wrapped up the GPS rugby competition yesterday. Their first fifteen, brilliant first fifteen side. They only lost one game early in the year. So um, congratulations to Nudgee College and um, a big week next week though. Tony and uh, and Berkey, uh, the All Blacks. Let's see where they sit against uh, the Wallabies v All Blacks at Eden Park on Saturday night. All right, I want to get just to take us out. Uh, just think on. I want to get a tip from both of you. Before I do, though, I just mentioned that the uh, that question we asked you at the top of the show, who was the captain of the All Blacks in the 1995 Rugby World Cup final? It uh, was, of course, Sean Fitzpatrick, and uh, Grant Painter is the winner. He SMSed his name and that answer, and he picks up the heart hammer, the best hammer in the business. Nothing hits harder. Well done, Grant. All right, boys, who wins next Saturday? Tim? Uh, I think the Wallabies can uh, get over this hoodoo, um, boys. I think that um, it's going to be a tough one. Though. The All Blacks, they're, they're in great form, but uh, Wallabies by three for me. Ooh, love it. Matty? I don't think you can take much out of those two South African games that they've played in the last, as in both teams have played in the last two weeks. As you said, Timmy, uh, a big yardstick yard this weekend. Uh, Wallabies Wallabies by five. This Wallabies weekend. by five. Mm. All right, there There'll you be go. Plenty of Kiwi supporters out there with a disagree with us, but yeah. that's that's. Uh, we'll wait and see next Sunday. Next Sunday, <laughs> all will be revealed. Enjoy your week. Catch up then. Bye now. Use your Mastercard to witness history at Rugby World Cup 2011. Mastercard.com.au.